the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Very interesting week. Actually, it's amazing how many intriguing stories there are and uh, the media is really good at capturing your attention with uh, headlines and uh, <laughs> I just think it's funny because most of the headlines are there just to get you to start reading the article and then when you get a couple paragraphs through the article you realize that this doesn't have a whole lot to do with the headline <laughs> but they got your attention for a minute there and they get paid for clicks on websites so uh, I think it's kind of funny uh, it's kind of um, uh, exasperating because you have to read so much stuff just to realize that this is not what you thought it was. And I guess it's just the modern times that we live in. And uh, I was going through, I I go through a lot on a kind of a daily basis, just looking at uh, different stocks that are moving now, trying to get an idea of what's going on in the markets because um, there are two things that are going to help you get to a retirement age and retire well. Uh, the first one is learning how to put money aside. And I know a lot of the listeners out there have already gotten that down pat uh, and uh, are doing very well there. You're, the younger people need to know. Okay, you need to tell them, look, if you're not saving 10, 15% of your income minimally, okay, that's a minimum, that uh, you're probably going to really struggle when you get to retirement age. And if they uh, want to question that, send them my phone number. <laughs> I'll straighten them out pretty quickly. If you're past that stage and you're getting up to the stage where I'm at, where I'm looking at, hey, I might have another 10 or 12 years left, uh, <clears throat> but um, getting kind of close to the wire. Um, I want to start, I, I've even, I mean, I can't believe it. I'm holding more fixed income than I've ever held in my life. <laughs> I, I have never. And it's about uh, 
So 30% of my uh, uh, portfolio is, is in some sort of fixed income. And so we'll talk about that a little bit in uh, the second segment today as well. Like, What do you do when you start approaching retirement age? And then what do you do once you are retired and you're taking money out? Should your allocation change very much? And if you thought this stuff out, thought, of, uh, thought it out ahead of time, the answer is no. You should just continue to carry on with your plan. And the original, and plans do not have to be complicated. You know, I, I laugh about that all the time. I hear some really good, really intriguing commercials and um, people thinking that, you know, there's, there's something magic here. Um, it's not magic. It, it is knowledge. Uh, a large part of the knowledge is complemented by common sense if you have it. But if you don't have uh, a lot of experience or a lot of knowledge, uh, it, it is kind of, it takes a long time to really learn, uh, like, even what makes up an average mutual fund or an index fund. And that's the part that uh, I think is very difficult. Once you get that down, um, depends on how well you read, how well you interpret, you know, uh, how much time you have. Uh, I'm always, I'm kind of a, well, I guess I'm intermediate as far as reading goes. I try to learn as I'm going. I try to retain and, and try to understand. For me, the memorization part is probably the hardest part of, of my job, memorizing all the rules, so I, I tend to step back, take a look at what I'm actually doing, and try to, or what the article is really trying to say, and from a big picture stat, uh, standpoint. And if you get the big picture, then suddenly all those little definitions, uh, they just kind of fall into place, at least they do for me. So that's what I do. When I'm reading something, I'm, I try to figure, figure out what is this article, what's the writer trying, what point is he trying to get across, or she. And then, uh, and it makes it easier for me. So, But that's just me. And I realize it's different that way. Um, people will have different learning styles. Very interesting having a uh, one of my daughters. I wanted to be a teacher when I started into college, and then I started looking into their salaries, and I didn't realize those were just the starting salaries, that they actually go up fairly significantly over time. But I looked at the starting salary and changed my mind. <laughs> and uh, now I look back and I see how their salaries go up over time, and they contribute nearly 20% of what they're paying them to their pension. And teachers have really good pension. Um, so do policemen and firemen. Uh, anybody that works for a uh, government, a large government agency, generally has a pretty good retirement plan, which makes it a lot easier than to put that extra money away. It, it, uh, I'm not sure why that is, but I, I suspicion it's because you see the benefits there. There, you get your benefit statements, and people are working with them more closely, and uh, then people that you know, work for a private business that may have a 401k and may or may not get contacted by somebody who manages the 401k. And uh, that's, so anyway, government jobs have really good pension. They contribute to them regularly, and uh, they allow you to contribute as well. There is nothing that is going to take the place 
of you contributing money to your retirement savings plans. That's going to be the most effective way to ensure that you've got enough money to be able to reach retirement age and are comfortable. So, and that's kind of the goal at Bullington Capital. We like to see people get to retirement age, be able to support their their lifestyle that they wanted, or if you're already at retirement age, we want to make sure that you can maintain that lifestyle, uh, do everything within our power to to help you with that. And uh, um, most of it, again, once you've got the definitions, once you've memorized the definitions, that can take a long time, by the way. I, I can't even tell you how many years I carried around a book of financial and accounting terms, although I, I majored in economics, minor in finance. <laughs> yeah, I still had to carry this. It was about two inches thick, by the way. It wasn't very, it was very long. I think it was probably about nine inches, and it was only about three and a half inches wide, but it was about two inches thick. So I just used to stick it in my back pocket. I took it everywhere I went. And uh, whenever I was reading through the Wall Street Journal or Barron's or you know Money Magazine, whatever, yeah, if I came across some uh, a term I didn't recognize, I would look it up, and I did that probably for a good two or three years, uh, and then uh, I think it took five years really to get my arm completely around everything that was available, what the differences were, and uh, uh, so yeah, that's when you're talking to a financial advisor, I would probably say someone who's got at least five years of experience. Um, probably knows enough at that point to be of a uh, pretty good help to you. But uh, anyway, getting off on the subject, I'm so excited because uh, this is really hard for me to do. During the last portion of the show, we're going to talk about individual stocks. And it has been a really long time since I've seen such a wide variety of stocks showing up on the scans at the same time. I mean, it's almost every major industry. Uh, there are a huge number of stocks showing up on this. And by the way, the, the larger the number of stocks that show up on this scan, uh, the stronger the market is. But it's a really good level. Uh, I think there were 56 stocks that made the scan. And that's just in one day. Okay. And uh, so 56 for one day is pretty good. Uh, a poor day is when there's only you know 10. Uh, a phenomenal day when everything's going up is over 100 because the, the criteria that it has to meet is pretty strict. Okay. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later in today's show. Stocks are kind of like, uh, oh, well, I try to play the lottery by at least two or three times a month just because I like doing it. Like I like dreaming of hitting that billion dollars. <laughs> and you know what? It's worth a couple bucks just to have that little tiny bit of hope. Uh, and uh, uh, anyway, that's how I feel about it. I And I never spend more than four or five bucks. I mean, that's the max. So anyway, uh, and having stock portfolios, I think I've got less than 20% of my money in individual stocks now. Most of them are in funds. And the funds that I'm using, which we'll talk about that a little bit later too, uh, are typically ETFs. They are ETFs. I don't have a single actively managed fund anymore. It's not that I wouldn't. I just haven't seen one in a really long time that uh, that's really caught my attention. And you know, I'll come back to that subject in in a little bit as well. But then I have uh, the fixed income portion. So I have CDs, treasuries, and fixed annuities. 
That's what I got for my fixed income. And it makes up about almost 40% now. That's the highest level I have ever been, almost 40%. And I'm really comfortable with it because I've got a little risk questionnaire, and mine is the simplest I've ever seen. I was paranoid for years, actually right up until about a year ago. I was paranoid because we're regulated, heavily regulated. I get audited all the time. uh, So we are required to work in our client's best interest, whatever is best for them. Uh, And uh, they hold our feet to the fire. A little guy like me, the uh, um, small firm, although I deal with the biggest firm on the planet, and they have a huge team of people that specifically have, we have a, a number to dial when we call into them. They know us by our first name. And uh, I get I get better service through uh, Fidelity now than I got from the brokerage firms that I used to actually work for, where I was an employee. <laughs> that blows my mind. <laughs> that really does. But if I have any sort of a question, whether it's taxes, trusts, um, RMDs, you know, are you going to uh, uh, should I do an IRA versus a SEP versus a regular pension plan because I have my own business? Uh, the resources there are outstanding, and they're made available to us. I have better access where I am now than I did when I worked for the really big firms. I think that is hilarious. The um, And I don't tell the big firms they'll be mad that I'm speaking like this. But uh, anyway, the, uh, so I got excited because today the number of stocks that actually made the list, the, the first cutoff for yesterday, um, are from multiple industries. They're different industries. That's a good sign. That means the uh, advance is pretty broad. It's not just one or two sectors that are carrying the rest of the market. Um, it's very welcome because, you know, you keep hearing stuff on CNBC. Hey, the market's at a new one-year high. Uh, okay, but it, it's below where it was two years ago, you moron. The, uh, you're... You're misleading people, and they're doing it to try to get your attention so they can charge more for the ads that they run on their program. Now, that kind of stuff, that that's never not been uh, part of this business. When you are reading the news, you really have to be skeptical, and you need to do your own research. Uh, I mean, that's another reason to have an adv- investment advisor. I have uh, access to information. It's formatted very cleanly. It's a lot easier to understand. You got a question about a stock or a fund? Yeah, I can get you a report in uh, the latest 48 hours. So I've heard about this. I want to invest in it. Really? Okay, here's click, click. Here, here it is. Um, whether it's good or not, you know, it depends on what you're trying to do with it. And there's a bunch of other questions you got to ask. But the bottom line is, uh, we've got a uh, access to a ton of information and. Um, it's a little easier to to get your hands on today. Um, although the the number of options, I mean, it is mind boggling. There are more funds than there are stocks. I mean, a lot more, not a little bit. <laughs> there are a lot more. So, um, and I'm I'm actually fonder of funds because of the diversification that they offer you. I think that's a great way to go. The, uh, uh, you can get them that are just specifically to certain industries. Um, 
get them to uh, broad indexes. It's they're super inexpensive, and uh, you can buy and sell them during the day whenever you want to. I think that that it, it's really if you know what you're doing and you're you know, comfortable doing it. There are a lot of really nice tools out there today. Whether you deal with an advisor, or you you know run some of your own money, um, which I always always encourage people to do. Manage a little bit of your own money. Um, buy some stocks. You know, do the research. Ask me what I'm buying, and uh, I'll tell you. Yeah, I really have no qualms. And uh, you know, I, I think it's important, especially if you're young. If you're young, you need to get this lesson like down. Uh, before you hit 30, try to manage a stock portfolio. It's a good idea. Uh, if you don't know where to start, just call me. You know, actually, uh, one of the reasons we use the custodian are we have most of the money at one custodian. Actually, both the custodians they don't have a platform fee if you want to open up your own account and do this on your own. Uh, I uh, I strongly encourage that. Yeah, have some money that you're going to run on your own. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. It's a good idea to see what people like me get to go through. <laughs> way, uh, and by the way, get ready to be humbled. <laughs> it is humbling because it's not that easy. If it were easy, everybody would be billionaires. You know, there would be no people would be donating their social security to charities, and you know, there'd be no need to uh, really have more money if it were easy. Uh, and since it's not easy, then, uh, yeah, it, you'll know what I mean when you do it for a little while. But that's one of the reasons, incidentally, that uh, fixed index annuities and index annuities are so popular because the, the rates that they're guaranteeing that we're going to talk about as soon as they come back from, this, from these commercial messages are extremely competitive with long-term rates most people are going to achieve on their stock funds. And uh, now I'm going to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. As we lift up our hands, will you meet us here? As we call on your name, will you meet us here? We have come Bad decisions limit future options. Make bad enough decisions and you'll destroy your life. Listen to The Flot Line with your host, Rick Hughes, every Sunday morning at 6.30 here on AM 1420, The Answer. The Flot Line describes a mainline resistance in your soul to build on God's Word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. That's The Flot Line with Rick Hughes, heard every Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. Charlie Kirk wants excellence. I want the conservative movement to pursue excellence. I want our movement to be the best. And when someone is not performing at their best, I get saddened and disappointed over it. I want President Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence. I want them to be running the best campaigns they can. I think it makes us more prepared to beat the Democrats. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. 
From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's car donation program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply today. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation. Is it finally time to update your bathroom? Bath Planet, a division of Joyce Factory Direct, specializes in replacing and converting old showers and tubs into new beautiful bathrooms in as little as one day. We have transformed thousands of bathrooms just like yours into a spa-like oasis that has homeowners excited to use their new bathtub or shower. Right now, all bath installations are 50% off. So call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing. 440-243-5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. Welcome back. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. If you hear anything that you'd like some more information on, please feel free to reach out to me at bullingtoncapital.com. That's my website. There's a contact us page there. Or you can just email me at bill at bullingtoncapital.com. Or you can call and leave a message um, the old-fashioned way. That's 330 and I would be glad to get back to you and try to answer any questions that I can. And uh, I was just looking at, I, I send out a newsletter. Um, typically, uh, I try to get it every other week. Sometimes it's more than that. Very rarely is it less than that. But one of the, uh, uh, the articles in the newsletter that I sent out just this week is uh, titled, Americans Feel Better About the Economy, Should We Believe Them? And it was published in the Wall Street Journal on the 21st by the writer's name is Josh Zumbrand. And uh, at least I think that's how you pronounce it, Zumbrand. Okay. Anyway, I'm just going to uh, read directly from it. it. It cracks me up. Every time I do this, I, I think of an old Saturday Night Live skit where the uh, – I can't even remember who it was, um, but he was reading from a book, and it was super boring. And uh, – People. Anyway, yeah, I'll try not to make it as boring. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry about that. Little uh, technical difficulties. I'll tell you what. Technology is. Uh, yeah, it drives me crazy. 
that these companies talk so highly of their technology. This stuff breaks constantly. You know, I don't know about you guys, but you know, we are dealing with, uh, we're on the computers probably eight to nine hours a day. And, uh, I'm going to tell you since the, right before the pandemic, right around the pandemic, the, uh, when they started laying people off, the service levels from almost every source uh, that we use has declined dramatically. And it's not uncommon for us to have to sit and wait for an hour or two. So if you think that it's you, and this is what I, I found with most of my clients, they're having the same problems and they think it's something that they're doing. And I'm here to tell you, it well, it may be, but there's a really good chance that it's either your local internet service provider or the firm that you're dealing with. And so don't beat yourself up. Um, we're, that's one of the reasons we have a job. We just have to sit there calling and keep trying, and keep logging on <laughs> until until we can get what we need to get done. And uh, it it's a lot of help to an awful lot of people. I'm glad we're able to do that. I just I would just wish we didn't have to spend that much time uh, trying to correct or, or waiting for technology to get back up and running correctly. But anyway, glad I got that off my chest. <laughs> uh, back to the article that we talked about. It. Americans are feeling better about the economy. Should we believe them? And this showed up in the journal, July 21st, 2023. Uh, the article goes on to say a pair of optimistic headlines in recent weeks suggest consumers are beginning to shrug off higher interest rates. The inflationary surge and recession fears and feeling confident again about the economy. By the way, the Fed watches the consumer sentiment very closely. This is what they're talking about. How do they think they feel? They they take various surveys and they keep those numbers updated. You know, that's how they know. And uh, the article goes on to say that the conference board, a business research nonprofit, reported its measure of consumer confidence. Now, the big one is from the University of Michigan, by the way. But uh, anyway, the conference board reported its measure of consumer confidence in June, and it had climbed to its highest level since January of 2022. That's pretty good. The latest reading last week from the University of Michigan's Index of Consumer Sentiment, now that was the gold standard for years. Okay, the Michigan University had a consumer sentiment survey that they did, and it was the highest since uh, 2021. That's the, uh, those are good signs, by the way. When people out in the economy are confident, they'll make purchases. Those purchases, that's part of your GDP. Anyway. These are the best two known gauges that seek to capture the mood of U.S. families and turn the frame of mind, that frame of mind into numbers that we can track over time. The idea is that to really understand what's going to happen in the U.S. economy, it doesn't suffice to know if people have jobs, whether their income's up or what the stock market is doing. You need to know how they feel. Wow. This is a really good writer. <laughs> he really understands these kinds talked about this first. Decade. Nobody listens to me. But anyway, but a closer look at the numbers behind consumers' moods paints a more complicated picture than the simple story that things are uh, are the best in a year and a half. I don't think we're out of the woods yet, said Joanne uh, to the director of consumer surveys at University of Michigan. So one of the uh, the director that 
that actually takes and works on these surveys is saying she doesn't think we're out there yet, which I think is kind of interesting because her surveys are telling her that the consumers have a high degree of confidence. And she could be right or wrong. And and there is no perfect indicator, by the way. But I just thought it was interesting that the index or the um yes, the index itself and expectations were that things were getting better and it's got the best degree uh, or highest degree of accuracy of, of any of the other um exams or, or services that, that we take to, to do these types of surveys, but she's not agreeing with it. <laughs> Anyway, the University of Michigan and Conference Board measurements are based on long-standing surveys. Michigan since the 1940s, Conference Board since 1967. The readings have garnered regular headlines for decades in financial news that tracks the ups and downs of consumers. Both indexes involve five questions, two about current conditions and three about expectations of the future. To consider the differences in the, uh, the, differences in the measures, think about how, how you might respond to the question. For current conditions, the Michigan survey asked people if they are better off or worse off financially than you were a year ago. And then it asked if it's a good time to buy, uh, a good or bad time to buy the big things people buy for their homes, such as furniture or refrigerator, stove, television, and things like that. These questions naturally prime a person to focus on inflation and prices. For the first question, you might think about whether your wages kept up with inflation. And you might think about what stock prices in your portfolio have done. For the second question, you would probably think about whether the items are expensive or, in recent years, about the supply chain problems that plagued many such purchases. The conference board primes respondents to think about business activity and jobs, asking how people would rate the general business conditions in their area are and whether available jobs in your area are plentiful or they're hard to find. A year ago, Michigan's measure of current conditions was clocking some of the worst readings in its history. Amazing how quickly that can turn around. While the conference board's measure was actually fairly strong, all that interesting, divergent there, um, business activity was surging and jobs were plentiful, and the questions don't necessarily prompt consumers to complete uh, to contemplate inflation. So when people are contemplating inflation, they're generally cutting back. That's basically what that last line was trying to say. Anyway, the article goes on. Then both surveys also ask a series of questions about the future. Michigan asks if you think your family will be better off financially in a year, whether the next 12 months will be good times or bad times for business conditions in the country, and whether the country will have continuous good times during the next five years or so, or periods of widespread unemployment and depression. Five years is a long time. Think back to 2018. Would you have done a good job answering that next five years? What the next five years had in store? And and I'm going to tell you no. Going back to 2018, just my personal experience dealing with clients, people are uh, um, they went through an awful lot of stuff during that time period. Yeah, the pandemic wiped out like four or five years worth of gains, and then uh, 2020 the market took off, made a new high, had another big drop, which is fairly common. Uh, and it's, uh, oh, let's see, one, two, three, yeah, it was pretty fairly common, but most people don't realize that, that, that those things are pretty common. And that if you, uh, you know, people are looking at 
the fact that the media says the market's making a new one-year high. Yeah, but the all-time high was almost two years ago, and it's still down from that level. So, again, perception is tough. Getting good data is really difficult. That's one thing we try to do at my firm uh, is when you, you start focusing on too small of a time period, it can look, it's either going to be up or down. So you have a 50% chance of being disappointed. If you look at a longer time period, like you should be looking, and there's a much higher chance that you'll go, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, I, I remember. And uh, so that's one of the, uh, the jobs of an advisor or a coach is really, it's not that you don't, you've never heard any of this before. It's just that you need to be reminded of it. You know, I'm sure every uh, major league pitcher knows how to throw a fastball. Uh, they don't have to be coached each time, but sometimes, you know, they start making a little movement that they haven't made before. The coaches are watching that. Hey, well, you might want to not do that, and they can correct that immediately. So it's kind of uh, the way I see advisors, hey, I know you already know this, but I've got to remind you, this is why we're doing this. And, uh, yeah, not every time you uh, swing at a pitch, by the way, is going to be a home run. You, know, you have to get rid of that. In fact, the reason I use baseball a lot is because baseball is so familiar or similar to uh, investing. It's not even funny. If you looked at the investments that are made inside of a, a diversified mutual fund, it, 85% of the gains are going to come out of the top 20% of the uh, selection and not sure why that is, but it's just the way it is. It's always been that way. And uh, uh, so that's what's so hard about picking stocks, even picking funds and, and waiting it out. You know, sometimes the fund itself, most stocks are moving in the same direction at the same time, just at different speeds. So if, if you've been in a group that's done extremely well, you're all happy and you keep adding to it, well, at some point in time, that will start to go down. And the more concentrated you are in just one or two areas, the more you're going to feel it because you know, yours are going to go down a little bit more. And uh, that's not necessarily to say that you shouldn't do that. You should do it in moderation. Like I talk a lot about semiconductors and healthcare stocks. Healthcare hasn't done uh, nearly as well as semiconductors in the past four or five years. So what am I doing about it? Well, nothing really. Because in the long run, you know, the fastest growing segment of the population are the people in my age group. I just turned 60 this year. And uh, every day, 10,000 people are turning 60 in America. We are the fastest growing segment of the population. And I do notice that I go to the doctor a lot more frequently than I ever did in my entire life. Uh, except for maybe when I was playing football in college. But you know, that doesn't count. But <laughs> Yeah, it, it's pretty fascinating. Anyway, um, having somebody to talk to can be a big help. And if you would, you want to talk about your situation, you want, uh, how I, that's what we do. We're, we're financial coaches. Uh, feel free to give us a call and uh, just go to my website and pick it up there. You know, if, if I didn't do this for a living, uh, this is how I try to run my practice. I try to be the advisor that I would like to have. Uh, if I were not doing this for a living, and which means I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know. You need to know what kind of risk you're taking. Uh, you need to try to figure out how much risk you can actually handle. That's not an easy one. That is, that's a tough question. My question is really simple. It's, uh, 
and uh, you've probably heard it a million times on this show. I won't bother you going through it again right now. I'll do it. We'll do it again next week. But uh, because I did want to get to uh, the ideas that some of the insurance companies had that I thought were really good ideas. They've got, uh, they call them fixed index annuities. They've been around for a long time. Uh, they've not as long as a normal annuity has, but, uh, and there are multiple types of annuities. But I think these are good, particularly for people who are getting close to retirement or people who don't have a real high risk tolerance. The chances are that you're going to make more money here than a lot of people make in their stock accounts. And these schedules, uh, the fixed index products, they, they have a schedule uh, that the insurance companies guarantee. So if you took income this year, here's how much you could get. If you waited a year, it'll go up by this amount. If you wait another year, it'll go up by this amount. And uh, those are really uh, intriguing to me. I think they they fill a really good uh, they have a really good purpose. You're going to get in returns that generally are higher than CDs or savings accounts uh, or uh, treasuries. And uh, for some people, it will be higher than their stock accounts. And that, those numbers are guaranteed by the insurance company. You want to pick a good one. Um, but it just gives you a much bigger peace of mind. And I have to take a real quick commercial break right now. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be back after these messages. We call it the fairy godmother moment, that moment when we've fixed your problem, cleaned up to apple pie order, and are heading out the door. Why? Because we're not the hero of this story. You are. We're just privileged with the chance to come on the scene when you need us, while it could doodle your problem away, and leave you to attend the ball. That's the fairy godmother moment. Except, we want to do one more thing before waving goodbye. Give the important parts of your plumbing a flyby once over, ensuring your emergency water shutoffs are working, checking the age, safety, and condition of your water heater, and verifying your water pressure is not too high or low. We want to leave you with peace of mind that your plumbing system is good to go. So when you're feeling the glow of why it works fairy godmother moment and our straight talk and do it right plumber asks to do a flyby, now you know why. Because you're the main character. And we want the rest of your movie to be as trouble-free as possible. Consider it done at whyitworks.com. No doubt about it, we're spending more time at home, which is the perfect time to make it more functional and beautiful. Hi, Ed Flash Ference here for Artistic Renovations, Northeast Ohio's premier and award-winning remodeler. Artistic did a fantastic job with our kitchen in 2016, and last year, they were back for the master bath. Oh, my word. Do yourself a favor and go to ArtisticReno.com. Believe me, you'll love their ideas and without question, the finished product. For a virtual consultation, call 216-520-0838 or visit ArtisticReno.com. You've heard the saying, all good things come to an end. Well, not always. Sometimes they just take a break. That's what's happening with our Lady of the Wayside's car donation program after 24 years and 96,000 rides donated. Pretty amazing. Here's the story. The car lot's owner sold the property, making it impossible for car donations to be accepted at this time. According to the Wayside CEO, Terry Davis, the next right steps will be determined and communicated soon. So stay tuned. In the meantime, Terry and the entire team at the Wayside thank you for your continued support. 
of the 450 individuals with developmental disabilities in the Wayside's care. And please take note, you can still support them by making a donation at thewayside.org. Thinking about updating your home? Well, Joyce Factory Direct specializes in replacing old, outdated windows. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features their exclusive Smart Shield High Performance Glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers just love how much warmer their house is and how easy their new windows operate and clean. Right now, you can save 50% on all installations. Just call to schedule a free consultation with on the spot pricing 440 243 5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. Sometimes I feel just like you're caught inside a moment Not really moving, but you're going through the motions Well, thanks for tuning in this morning to listen to my show My name is Bill Bullington, I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon You can go to my website if you heard anything that you'd like more information on It's uh, BullingtonCapital.com You can also reach me uh, by myself, or no, that Actually, not my cell phone number. <laughs> my office number is 330-664-0700. And all that's on the uh, BullingtonCapital.com website. So uh, hope to hear from some of you and uh, see what we can do to, to help you out there. Uh, it's, um, we are a fee uh, investment advisory firm, which means we are le- legally obligated to act in your best interest. And we were talking a little bit, um, mostly about the stock market and, and the economy, uh, first part of this show, and uh, a little bit with individual stocks. And uh, I'm just for you long got long term followers out there that um, have a better idea of what I'm talking about. These scans are, are looking very healthy, uh, which is kind of interesting because this is not a good time of year typically for the stock market. August is normally really slow and choppy. Uh, anybody that's taking a vacation that manages money typically goes in August. And uh, so very interesting. And when they say it's different this time, well, you know what? They're right. It's almost, it's different almost every time. Uh, so slight differences, not gigantic differences. But yeah, the bottom line is stocks look good. Um Interest rates, I don't know if they're going to peak out. That Nobody knows that, actually. But what generally happens is when the economy looks like it's um, slowing down, then they'll start to drop interest rates again. When they, if the economy continues to expand and, and prices continue to rise the way they have been the past couple of years, they have a tendency to continue to raise interest rates until that activity slows down. The thing that's really interesting to me is there's an awful lot of stuff. I mean, I can't believe the growth has been as strong as it has. We've got a a major war going on right in the middle of Europe, and that is horribly disruptive. Yet the uh, economies around the world, other than those that are directly affected by that war, have done reasonably well. I mean, much better than I thought they would be uh, doing. And so the, uh, that's been a pleasant surprise. And it just makes me think, all right, well, when they finally get that settled down and the supply chains start to get back to the speeds that they had prior to all of this, man, that could be that could be really interesting, especially for stock investors. Um, thing is, you don't want to sell all your 
fixed income and put it in the stock market. It, stock market, they're still stocks. They fluctuate a lot. They can go down 40 or 50%, no sweat. An entire extra fund can go down 40 or 50%, no problem. So you have to keep that in mind when you're uh, looking at your long-term return. And, you know, I could probably be five, six times bigger than I am right now if all I did was cheer for the stock market and uh, just have people put their money in there. I'd have a whole lot of people really upset every time the the market went down because they didn't tell them that that could happen. And uh, we're required. And it's more common now, I think, in this day and age, when I left to start my own firm, um, what I was doing as being a fiduciary, full-time fiduciary, um, they that wasn't the, the set of standards that I'm held to weren't the same for a lot of people in my industry. And there are a lot of good people in the industry, don't get me wrong. Uh, but the, the rules favored more the firms I felt like at that time than they did the clients. And I always thought, you know, a lot of people say they're putting their clients first and it's just in their slogan and that's as far as it goes. So I really wanted to put my clients first. I'm, I'm going to talk to you. I, I find out what it is uh, you're trying to accomplish, try to get an idea of what kind of risk taker you are. That's really tough to do, by the way. I have a very simple question to ask. It's just that sometimes the simplest questions are the toughest ones to answer. And, and here it is, okay? Here it goes. If you saw your investment drop by 50% or more, I mean, S&P's been down 57% during my lifetime, been down 50% multiple times, or more than once, I should say. So if you went through that and you had all of your money in the stock fund, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be down 50% too. Now, are you losing sleep over that? If the answer is yes, don't put all of your money in stocks. Don't try to guess which way the market's going to go because you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, you can try. You might get one or two turns right in the market. Eventually, your luck is going to run out because it is luck. You should uh, take take the allocation that you have. Let's say, all right, Bill, I, I think I could be down. Um, my number is 35%. I can be down 35%. I would not be happy, <laughs> but I wouldn't be ready to take the bridge either. So uh, I'm going to take a uh, uh, 35%. I'm going to double that number. That's what I'm going to invest in stocks, and I'm not going to put a penny more in it. So that would be 70%. That way, these short-term bonds I have in the uh, Treasury, they're still going to go down a little bit if the market crashed, but they're not going to go down 50%. They, they may be down... You know, Worst case scenario, probably 10 or 12%. But uh, if that 70% of my money goes down by 50%, that's 35%. I'm going to be down 35% just on that portion of my money. I am okay with that. I have enough time. Uh, I'm going to be, I don't need the money. I don't need to be spending that money over the next 10 years. And uh, so there's a really good chance that it'll recover during that time period, and I'm comfortable with it. Now, I know people who are in a better position than I am. Like, I know a lot of people (laughs) who are in a better position than I am that will uh, uh, have less in stocks than I do because they just don't want to put up with it. 
and that's fine. That's great. That, that's one of the one of the jobs of an advisor is to go walk through those questions that are hard and try to figure out what it is. And by the way, you're not stuck with that. You might not feel the same way two years from now as you do today. So open conversations going, uh, continuously reviewing that over time. You know, in fact, every other year, it's, I don't know why, it might be just a fluke, but when I ran all the models that I, I use, that once uh, every other year rebalancing actually had the, the better returns, better risk-adjusted returns. So I know everybody's head's probably spinning. Everybody's probably bored to death now. So I will go back to talk about uh, a few individual stocks because that's what people like. There's a uh, uh, one of the first stocks that comes up, global ship leasing, the transportation GSL is a symbol. Uh, it's not super undervalued for the type of company it is, but it's got a really nice looking chart. So here's one. Uh, this is Kohu. Now this one's underpriced. Um, similar to C-O-H-U and uh, it's my opinion that it's underpriced, by the way. I'm looking at the price to sales ratio and it's about a quarter of the long-term average for that industry. And this company's been around for an incredibly long time. This is not a buy and hold company. I mean, any technology company um, you're going to have to, you're going to want to buy it and put a stop on it. This one's moving. It's in the top, oh, yeah, it's in the top 10% of all stocks for the last six months. It made a new 30-day high. The the average volume is above its 50-day uh, average, and it closed in the top 25% of its day's rank. All those things have met for that. It does not mean that it's going to keep going up just because it's been going up in the most recent past. But you're looking to make money sooner rather than later. You should be looking at things that are going up right now. <laughs> and this is not for everybody, by the way. Uh, the, uh, it's one of the reasons, incidentally, I don't do this with a lot of my money anymore. And uh, the primary reason I don't do it is there are funds out there that are being run that weren't didn't exist 10 years ago. And now they've got... 10-year track records. And guess what? When I read about what the funds were going to be doing, I'm going, huh, that's extremely close to what I'm doing, except that there's not as nearly as much effort involved. Yeah, you have to make adjustments to the total portfolio maybe once every other year or so. To do it more than that, you're, there's a really good chance you're going to cost yourself some money. Don't want to do that. And, uh, and I know that those funds are being managed on an ongoing basis. So I'm going to put a portion of my money over there. We had a portion of my money in a fixed indexed annuity. And in fact, I have enough in that that I could just take, uh, when I'm full Social Security age, if I'm just taking that, converting that to income between that and Social Security, I won't need anything else. I mean, I, I really won't. So this is one of the reasons that I have a... Uh, like a 70-30 split in stocks in my other investment accounts. Because then really, if, if I lost all that money, it's not going to have, it wouldn't have a big impact on uh, the rest of my life. Would I be happy? Heck no. I would be upset. <laughs> and there's the, uh, so I, I keep that in mind too. And uh, um, I'm probably just confused about half the people that are listening <laughs> to the show right now. The bottom line is, Ask yourself, how much of a decline can I really accept? Okay, now, now that I got that number, 
how do I maximize the returns on the stock investments? Uh, and how do I maximize, how do I also maximize returns on the fixed income? Now that I, I know what percentages, it makes that whole job a lot easier in uh, having that, that risk tolerance thing in mind, my decline tolerance. It just makes it a lot easier. But if you really want to make it a lot easier, just either call me or reach out to me on my website. I appreciate it. I've got to actually go. My show's over for this week. Have a good weekend, everybody. Everybody, Good luck and good investing. caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 